Touch judges are ready. Side of studio. Players are lined up. Microphones in hand for the restart. It's now time to form the Ruck. The Sunday Rugby Show featuring Wallaby legends Tim Horan and Matt Burke. It's been 12 years in the making and the Lions are back. Get your tickets at rugby.com.au. Hello, good morning. Hope it's a terrific Sunday for you wherever you are. Love to be with you once again to talk some rugby and a bit of uh, other stuff that's going around. Uh, Berkey, good morning to you. And uh, Timmy Horan, I think you're on the beautiful Gold Gold Coast, Tim. I am, yeah. I'm going to have a look at the Quicksilver Pro today and have a look around. So, um, yeah, it's a, a nice day here on the Gold Coast today. When you say you're going to have a look at the Quicksilver Pro, like is this in a professional sense, uh, just running your eye over a few of the surfers? Are you actually going to score card there or what's happening? <laughs> Five, four, yeah, I wouldn't have a clue how to do that. But uh, I'll tell you what, they have some lay days, don't they? I know. I know. The competition goes for three weeks. Yes. (laughs) It is. But look, sport, drugs and sport, it's the big story at the moment, isn't it? Uh, Doing not not just in uh, rugby league, but all over the place. Mm. I know that Kelly Slater came out last week, speaking of surfing, and said, shock horror, uh, there was recreational drug use in surfing. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, thanks, Dr. Obvious. That's why they have so many lay days. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. The trophy in surfing basically isn't full of champagne, it's just cheesels because everybody's got the munchies. Uh, (laughs) The big story. <laughs> I just made that up then on the spot. That was great. Yeah. The big story, of course, is the Sharks, uh, and they are playing in rugby league. They are playing this afternoon. It must be so difficult for a team who have gone through what they've gone through with the four members of staff have been dismissed. The coach has been stood down, not actually sacked. Mm. Uh, there's a whole range of stuff. And, the, and this, mo- this morning's papers, Phil Rothfield, who is a man who is a, an absolute Sharks devotee and has been for uh, many years, He's spoken to Damien Irving, uh, the director at the, at the club. And Damien Irvine says that uh, there was, I quote, injecting players with equine substances. Mm. That, that, I'm, not, I'm not stupid. That's horse, isn't it? I think it is, yes. Mm. Tough way, when they give it the yes or no and they go... <laughs> <laughs> that's right, yeah. just clomp, clomp. I think some of the English players, uh, rugby union wives, must have injected themselves with that. <laughs> <laughs> Now, we don't know, of course... Save, save that, Timmy, for a couple of weeks. Yeah, we don't know whether any of this yeah, is obviously true, whether they have or not. But, you know, according to uh, Phil Rothfield, Todd, there's a bottle of tablets with a sticker that said, not for human use, which is just a bizarre thing to me, the idea of, of, of footy players basically queuing up, like in one flew over the cuckoo's nest, you know, with that bad music <laughs> yeah. playing a nurse ratchet, uh, and, and taking stuff. But it's all about recovery uh, after training. They train incredibly hard, and it's I guess it's recovering so you can then jump in and, and train again. When you guys are playing... What level of medical science was there and what theories and strategies did you use for recovery? Technically, we got to the point where uh, we were looking for recovery in the ice bins and the rest of it and budget wasn't massive. So one of the boys stole a, a bin from, uh, I think it was actually 5 Bruce Street in Narrabeen. <laughs> and then we used to fill that up. And so sorry, guys, if you're listening out there, it's still down at Narrabeen, Wacos Parkway down the way there. So we used to fill it up and use that. I had to put a bit of dead hole in to start with. <laughs> But that was the extent of we used. Love it. Jimmy? Oh, well, what, you, you, what you do, you, you do put your trust in the doctor and the strength and conditioning coaches and, and also the physios. But uh, for recovery for the Wallabies, I remember when we went to Caloundra and, and in the early years and had our uh, Wallaby camp there before we had test matches, um, we weren't allowed to drive cars to and from training. It was a whole forming a new culture. Mm. So you had to ride mountain bikes. So everyone had a mountain bike. you get the training. So at the end of training, all the drinks were lined up. So you'd have a drink of cold water, then a drink of Gatorade. Mm. You'd hop on your mountain bike for recovery and ride back to the hotel. But the difficult <laughs> part was everyone would stop off at Woolworths 
and get their shopping. So the hardest thing was was riding back um, from Woolworths back to your hotel with four shopping bags on either side of the handlebars. So, so that was and Timmy's still ringing the bell, ching ching on the bike. Exactly. <laughs> Love it. Uh, this is the ruck. Just uh, in case you've uh, lift your head off the pillow, wondering what, wondering what some of the results over the weekend have been. The Hurricanes twenty nine beat the Crusaders twenty eight. The Rebels uh, done by the Reds twenty three to thirteen. Uh, the Cheaters over the Highlanders thirty six nineteen. Intercept and a charge down. Didn't hit that charge down. Was actually should, was should have been legal. We'll talk about that maybe. The Brumbies thirty five six over the Waratahs. Uh, the Stormers thirty six just got past the Chiefs thirty four. Uh, and those Kings uh, got went down to the Sharks twenty one to twelve. This is the Ruck. It's your Sunday rugby. This is the Ruck. The Sunday rugby show. That is the Foo Fighters Monkey Wrench on the Ruck, your Sunday morning rugby show. The Brumbies and the Waratahs last night in Canberra. That was interesting during the week to hear Ben Moen talking. Of course, this is a man who played plenty of games for the Waratahs, now captain. And uh, Queensland. Yeah, and Queensland. <laughs> uh, he didn't realise, because last week we took, uh, it might have been last week, Timmy, we were talking about how much Queensland hates New South Wales. He was saying that ACT in Canberra uh, hates New South Wales. Just What is it about New South Wales that's so hateable, Tim? Maybe it's just that light blue jersey. Like no. they need to do something with the jersey. Maybe yeah. a different colour. The, the sky blue. You don't like it. The azure blue. Azure. No. <laughs> no, I don't. Well, they not only didn't like it, but they pounded into the dust last evening, thirty-five to six over the Waratahs. The Waratahs. Look, we were worried about their starts, and they were coming good in the second half. Well, they started poorly and then went worse. Uh, this time around, no points at all in the second half. They once again got off to a bad start, giving away penalties. They were only nine points behind before they really were into the game, Berkey. You, you can't do that, can you? It's it's about getting a start. And, and you're right, uh, Tony, it was interesting to read the words of Ben Moen to talk about you know the, the, the deep-set hatred. And it goes back to 1996 when it first went professional. They were the cast-offs. But, yeah, they've certainly played some great football. And they've got a, it just seems like they've got a good structure at the moment. You know, yeah. The guys are there, Matt Samua... Christian Lefano passing the ball, giving some space to the guys outside. I thought Nick White was outstanding um, you know, last night, Timmy, as well. And to back that up, the forwards, they had a go. And, and when you've got that combination working for each other at home, it just makes it for a, just a, a, a one-way traffic night, and that's what it was. Well, the Brumbies look really clinical, and under Jake White, the coach for the second year now, he was obviously you know South Springbok coach for a couple of years and through the Rugby World Cup 2007. He's got he's got so much experience, and he's drilled into this side. And I think it's the first time that he's had all 30 players available for selection. But that's obviously going to change now after sort of David Pocock go down with a knee injury. Yeah. He has a scan this morning for a potential uh, anterior cruciate ligament uh, torn, which is if that's happened, that's a operation, and he's six to eight months out. So. So he'd be absolutely shattered and very nervous about the potential scan and the results of that scan this morning. He was his other knee last season, wasn't it, that uh, he went down on? So that's just that's such bad luck. And mm. not, that's not bad news just for the Brumbies. That's bad news for the Wallabies as mm. well. I know that Robbie Deans was there uh, last night having a look at that. There are, I mean, you don't replace a player like him because he's perhaps the best in the world in, at no. num, number seven. But there are a few guys who have been, been putting their hand up, at least not just at least Michael Hooper, but also Liam Gill. But mm. then another fellow ran on to uh, the park named George Smith. What did you make of his performance? Timmy? Didn't he, get, didn't he get a massive roar when he came <laughs> on the field? I mean, David Pocock got um, some lovely applause when he came off. But when George Smith came on, I haven't heard a cheer like that down in Canberra for a long, long time. Probably when Julia Gillard leaves, he might get a bigger <laughs> cheer. But I'm not sure. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> <laughs> 
Welcome to the Ruck, but, your uh, Sunday morning political show. Yeah, it's, all, it's, all, it's all about rugby. Um, when, when, she the stadium, when she leaves the stadium, that's what I meant, yes. Um, she does love her rugby. She does love the Brumbies. Um, but, yeah, David Pocock, it's a, it's a real if – if the results come back this morning and he has uh, six to eight months out, especially when it's a British and Irish Lions season, season as well where only every 12 years they come to Australia, he's going to miss that opportunity. But George Smith um, – before this game, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have picked George Smith to be part of the Wallaby squad unless there was at least two injuries in that back row position. Because you got Michael Hooper, Liam Gill, and potentially David Pocock as well. So time will tell. And he's only here for twelve weeks. But Robbie Deans will have to say to him, "Well, can you hang around a little bit longer potentially?" I think the uh, you know when you know when you're going okay when you get a statue uh, being put out the front of the stadium, but they can't put the statue out there yet because they don't know where they're I think they're going to redo the stadium down there as well so they want to put him in a prime spot I think it is so is that right? you know you're going well do you like the just, so the, pigeon, just, so, the, just so the pigeons can find him <laughs> <laughs> did you like the yellow jerseys the uh, that the Brumbies were wearing last night oh, they looked very smart it was very smart wasn't they're, it they're a good unit I, I uh, had the joy last season of um, emceeing their best and fairest awards and they're a group of guys who really do get along very well together which in that team environment I just it ticks them over up to another level I think if you are in that sort of that, that culture of working that um, and I know that the boys have spoken about in previous years like uh, you know Greg and Larkham and they spoke about that you know, they used to call it Melrose Place when they used to live together yeah. and and yes it can get frustrating and, and annoying at times you know living in the pocket of, of, of the other blokes but I think it does create that uh, that little bit of something that you know binds a team together yeah. are referees supposed to know the names of all the players um, I think so yeah. Timmy what do you reckon yeah, I think uh, a lot of the referees try to get to know who the players are so they can, uh, you know, say, you know, George or Bill, you know, this yeah. is what I'd like you to do. Um, they obviously know the captain's names, but yeah. most of the time they should know the majority of the players. I know in rugby league the, the referees do a lot of studying on the, the players' names or nicknames. Yeah, well, the last night the referee didn't know uh, who Mitch Chapman was. He, yeah. he was penalised. I think Dave Dennis might have gone up to, you know, say what was going on. Who, who's Question. being penalised? Yeah, yeah. He's gone, that black. The bloke over there. <laughs> that bloke. The, the bloke with white on his arm. <laughs> let's go. Yeah, okay. Let, let's go back to Friday night then, Tim. And you, you were there. Then there was a, uh, a bit of a, a, a high shot by one of the Queensland Reds players. Mm-hmm. And the touchy came in and he said, I didn't quite get the number. I think it was number. Could have been 19, but it was the guy with the frizzy hair. <laughs> That's it, yeah. Radiki. <laughs> yes. giving it Radiki away, mate. Yeah. it down. We'll talk some more detail about that game and plenty more to come. On the Ruck, it's your Sunday morning rugby show. This is The Rock, the Sunday rugby show. As killers, runaways on uh, no, the rugby show, this is The Rock. And now, I'm just looking at you, Berkey, you have had a little sleep in the car again. Yes. I know this is, everybody now knows it's your, your method because you, you do some footy. Were there exciting games in the um, uh, Five Nations last night? Uh, How mm-hmm. many nations are we talking about these days? Yeah, we're talking six. Mm, uh, nil, right. by, nil by exciting games. <laughs> oh, it, I mean... It wasn't too bad. Uh, Scotland-Wales was the first game, and Wales got up 28-18 over Scotland. The second game was Ireland-France, and it was 13-all draw. Mm-hmm. Um, Wales-Scotland, uh, the great uh, Kiwi, uh, Craig Joubert, the uh, referee. Oh, yeah. yeah. The guy that uh, helped New Zealand win the World Cup. Yeah, I know um, him well. Mm-hmm. Uh, 40 penalties in the game. It was just incredible. They kicked penalty goal after penalty goal after penalty goal. 40 penalties. One try in that game, and then Ireland-France, uh, 13-3 at half time, and the rain and the wind was just coming in sideways, and... Timmy, your old mate Freddie Michelak, who's a good player, but he's playing out of position and was getting booed and whistled and heckled in Ireland by yeah. his own own crowd that supported him over there for uh, for the game. So it was a tough outing for him. 
That is Oh, a, well, the different supporters, aren't they? Uh, the French supporters. <laughs> <laughs> they know where you're going well and bad. <laughs> yes. Speaking of Europe, Europe and, and Japan, let's talk. Now, during the week, there was some business with Waratahs talking a lot of those players who are off contract at the end of the season and whether they would, in fact, be lured to perhaps mm. play in uh, Japan or, or Europe. Uh, because of the money. And they talk about how, you know, Robbie Deans has, has chipped in saying stay, uh, you know, you need, maybe the culture can keep people to stay here, the idea of the World Cup coming up on it, and so on. Now, of course, the Waratahs, they may all be booted out, you know, if they continue to play like they did last, <laughs> last night. But that lure, now talk to me about it. Is it, Timmy, is it is it purely a money thing that would make a player in the middle of their career decide that's where they're going to go and why they're going to go there? Oh, I think that's money's probably got the highest weight. Uh, decision to go and do it. Sometimes you might have three or four players in that position that are ahead of you to make the Wallabies if you're playing for your franchise. So if you're playing for the Waratahs, there might be two or three players in front of you. Um, plus the financial incentive to actually travel overseas. And players are doing it, as you say, Tony, earlier in their career. Rather than uh, when Matt and I went over there, you were going sort of when you were 30, 31. So you'd pretty much finish the prime of your career and you wanted to go and, and you know, have that superannuation if you wanted to call it, but also have a bit more time with your family. So players are doing it a lot earlier. And I know that, and I might have spoken about this before, but in Ireland, I think there's got to be an incentive here in Australia to keep players in Australia longer because they're going to Japan for sometimes double what they're getting paid in Australia yep. uh, for rugby and same similar in the UK. Uh, obviously, the pound has changed that, the, the pound and the dollar ratio. But I, in, in Ireland, what they do is the... The government allows the Irish rugby players, if you don't leave the country and play for someone else outside of the country in France or in, in Japan, you at the end of your career, if you play your whole career in uh, Ireland, you get 40% of your tax back that you've paid over that period of time whilst you've been playing professional rugby. So for someone like Brian A. Driscoll, that's why he stayed in Ireland is because he can virtually earn another three or four years if he stays there because of the money that he's getting back from the government Timmy, and the tax th- that he's th- paid. Timmy, this would be the government... The government you speak of would be the one led by Julie Gillard uh, you just spoke of earlier today. <laughs> Maybe you could be the emissary to go and talk to uh, the government about having these concessions. I was going to say, Timmy, just imagine then um, in Ireland, that, uh, I think they might have a billion-dollar note by that stage there, Brian O'Driscoll. <laughs> yeah, could be, yes. Just decides to retire and, and take the whole country down with him. You never know. Well, the, well, the way the economy's going in, uh, in Ireland at the moment, they might might be not getting any money back. <laughs> yeah, exactly but, um, right. But I think there's, there's got to be incentive, uh, Tony, for the players in Australia yep. to stay. And, and at the moment, there's, yes, the World Cup, but that's every four years. So players are saying, well, okay, well, I've got an opportunity to go for two or three years and make some, um, some money to come back. Because realistically, sports people in the rugby league, AFL and, and rugby union, you only get an eight to maximum ten-year time frame. Yep, mm. that's exactly right. And then you've just got, how many jerseys have you got? Timmy signed, still in the cupboard, ready to go, just to just in case. Do you still just get those? Two? The, the <laughs> <laughs> all, all for charity, all for my building and the butcher and the pool man. And <laughs> Maddie, when you when you left, of course, it was you know you. How old were you when you went? Uh, oh, I was just over thirty. Yeah, right. Yeah, but because that it's sort of a life experience as well, rather than doing it just for the cash at that Correct. time, isn't it? At, at, at that stage, yeah, it was. And and you know, uh, Kate and I, uh, the kids came back only sort of our shortest time back here was two days. Uh, longest was two weeks so you spend most of your time when you're over there over there and you, you know the benefit of going and, and sort of holding in the south of france and the rest of it so that was the that's the appeal of going over there um i think it's i think the tax laws have changed over there now in the uk so 
Um, it's not perhaps as uh, as uh, uh, incentivised, if that's the word, to go over there and do Probably it. Probably not, but still. Yeah, is that a word? I don't <laughs> have to get to tough a plot an hour on it, <laughs> just, to, to, just to make sure the, 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 the thesaurus, if I get that out. Um, but so that's why guys are going to Japan and going to, to France, because they're just yeah. loading up on the cash. So you can see why they're doing it. This is The Ruck, your incentivising Sunday morning rugby show. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. Yeah, Timmy Horan uh, in our Gold Coast studio, already sitting there with zinc on the nose, ready to hit the beach this afternoon. There is a weather perfect for you there, as ever. Oh, it's about 28 degrees, mm-hmm. Quicksilver Pro's about to start. Yeah, right, okay. Are you wearing, you've got boardies on? You know, at the I got, no, I've got my uh, red DTs on at the moment. Is that okay? <laughs> Is that allowed in the studio? That's scary. <laughs> are, you, are you alone in the studio? <laughs> I am alone, yes. I think the cleaners just walked past, so they gave me a strange look. Yeah. They've got mirrors on the ceiling as well. Exactly. After that's gone to air, you're alone on the whole Gold Coast now. <laughs> <laughs> just some results uh, quickly. We are going to speak to Adam Fryer very shortly. Uh, the Hurricanes 29 beat the Crusaders 28. The Reds 23 over the Rebels 13. Cheetahs 36. The Highlanders 19. The Brumbies beat the Waratahs 35-6 last night. The uh, This is a very tight game. Uh, Stormers 36, the Chiefs 34, and the Sharks over the Kings 21-12. Of course, the Blues and the Bulls will play this afternoon. It's the Ruck, your Sunday rugby show. Triple M. 104.9. This is the Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. That's Dakota, Stereophonics, and this is the Ruck, your Sunday rugby show. Tim Hoare and Matt Burke, Tony Squires with you, and thrilled now to be joined by the media manager from the Rebels and friend to the show. I think a man who might be sitting in your seat Stepping next in. week, yeah. Uh, you know, be very, very careful of Adam Fryer. G'day, mate. Well, be careful of a hooker. I'm a high-class hooker. There's no, absolutely <laughs> no, no issues with me. We've <laughs> been there right. before. You yeah. asked that to Bernie yeah. Larkin, remember? Hey, what, what, what are you wearing today? Because we just discovered in the Gold Coast studio that uh, Timmy Horan's just sitting around in his uh, red Grundies. So what, what, what's uh, going on there with the Adam Fryer wardrobe this morning? Oh, look, I live in Melbourne, so what I've got, I've got a pair of chinos on. The cups are rolled up. <laughs> um, I'm wearing a pair of uh, old-style 1960s shoes with no socks and a button-up <laughs> shirt with the top button done up, as we all do here in Melbourne. And oh. M. Burke side part at the same time. <laughs> Mate, you know what? I'll send you a photo. I'm about to go on here with the offside. I'll send you a photo of my past, and you can put it up on Twitter. <laughs> 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 Love it. Hey, Adam, I just want to ask you, um, I know you're in Melbourne on Friday night and the, the Reds just got over the, the Rebels on Friday night. The, the Rebels were ahead once again at half-time and they, that's happened for the last three games, I think, in a row where they've been ahead at half-time and that half-time talk hasn't really got them across the line from Damien Hill. What's going wrong there in that sort of second 40 minutes for the Melbourne Rebels? Oh, look, I wouldn't say it's a half-time chat. I think Keeley's energy in the change room's spectacular. I think he's really good at communicating with the players and getting his message across. I just think it comes down to probably lack of experience. Now, uh, we always say, and we said in our first year, that we did get better because we were getting close and we were all making those sort of really tight games there to be won. We just couldn't get there. Example, the Bulls. Uh, that was a, a game we should have won. The Stormers, the last game we played last year, we should have won. I think it just comes down to a little bit of polish and uh, it's very easy for me to say we're almost there guys, stick with us but I know we are very close and uh, the reasons for us falling away at the end of the game is certainly one area we're trying to address but look, there has been some times during the game which the referees haven't helped us but we don't use that as an excuse but that game changer, that penalty where Jed Robinson was accused, oh. accused of rucking, yeah. that was atrocious in, in fact, I don't even think it should have been a penalty from the, the, the reserve front row forward for the Reds it was just a retaliation sort of bump get off me 
and, and it just really changed the game. We had momentum, uh, and it actually was really disappointing for the fans as well who were out there because they were all cheering, they were all up out of their seats uh, because it was attacking, flowing rugby, and it took two and a half minutes to get the decision. You know, and it ended up being a white card, I believe. So it was just, it was a really disappointing thing. So it's little things like that. We just need a little bit of the rub of the green. It's an oval ball. We need it's good that you don't sound way. angry about that, though, Adam. <laughs> What's that? It's good you don't sound angry and bitter about that, though. I'm not. I'm not look, I'm not. I, I, I just, that's reality of the game. You're going to get some of the calls and you're not. And it's by no way means an excuse or actually drawing reference to it. It's just, it was a game changer. We just want to make sure that uh, when you put yourself in a position to win, it seems the good sides always get the luck. Why? Because they've been there and done that, and they uh, and they're a class outfit. And we'll yeah, get well, there one day. The, well, but, uh, it, it it changed the flow of the game, didn't it? That penalty. Whereas James O'Connor was going to kick for touch, and you had a potential. You're only behind by seven points. But I want to ask you, um, Curtly Beal is out now for four or five weeks, which had injured hand. He's got had the operation. James O'Connor as well was playing fly half against Quade Cooper. Now I did hear. Is it true that Curtly Beal is living with James O'Connor? And Buddy Franklin? <laughs> Not that I know of. Curtly's wow. got his own pad. I know that. But they oh, do hang he? out a lot. Uh, and they're uh, certainly good mates. But uh, whether they're all uh, shacking up a la Melrose Place sort of style, I don't know. They'll be holding the doors open with wads of cash, wouldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> Having those, those three guys living together. <laughs> Uh, right. It's not fair. It's not fair, mate. Uh, look, uh, look. I know they do socialise together, but I don't think they live together. Hassi, tell me, you go? Are you going to South Africa with the team? I know you got the, the buy this weekend, and the guys are off. Uh, I, I imagine it'd be a, a, a big focus to to get some wins up over there as well. I'll oh, be a huge focus. And look, South Africa would have been nice. I always like enjoy touring, but I, I have to admit, uh, I got a phone call late last week to, to ask if I could potentially come on and host the Ruck. Mm. So I went to the Rebels and I said, look, guys. I love this club, they need but me. I love the ruck. They need so me. I'm, 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 I'm decided to decline a tour of South Africa in a week <laughs> off in Perth to stay on the show just for, for one hour with you, great man. You're a good man. What have you made? Uh, you obviously you're concentrating uh, heavily on your team and the others within uh, you know, Australia. But what have you made of the teams from New Zealand and South Africa? Oh look, thus far I think Wellington are very underrated. I know they've only just won their first game and beat the Crusaders. Only just, and who would have thought? But their trial form was great. I thought the Chiefs were hard done by. I still think that they're the team to beat. And the Paul Sonny Bill Williams out of that organisation, for them to still be humming like that, you don't just forget how to win if you're a championship side. Yep. Um, and the other one for me that's been pretty disappointing, of course, is the Highlanders. Now, I watched that Cheetahs game. I didn't know what I was watching. Because yeah. at one stage, I actually took the, uh, the Cheetahs with the start, being pretty nervous about it. And then all of a sudden, um, it was uh, it was that sort of lead. So it's very hard to read this year. The only team that I'm reading well are the ACT Brumbies. They are just simply outstanding. And they're well led by Jake White. And imagine if you were a 5'8 for the opposition team and you'd see David Pocock go down, you'd just go, fantastic, I'm not going to get bashed and jackaled all game. Yeah. And then George Smith comes yeah. on. <laughs> exactly. it's, uh, it, exactly. it's great to see. And it's great to see that, you know, ACT rugby being strong again, 20,000 there. As much as we'd like to go around the world and talk about the other teams, I think they're faring pretty well. I think Queensland were off to a poor start and they were beaten by a very good side. I think Queensland and the ACT are certainly showing the way. And some of the players, those like Leo Leofano, um, and also um, George Smith. He looked pretty comfortable in that gold jersey last mm. night. I think this is the future of Australian rugby. It's looking pretty good with those backbone players really stepping up and outplaying the sort of 
seasoned veteran veteran wallabies. All right. All right, mate. Always great to talk to you. Look forward to seeing you next week. Obviously, if you if you are heading off to the Buddy Franklin, Kirtley Bill, James O'Connor household, they don't they don't have Tupperware parties. Just have tattoo parties. It's terrific. <laughs> uh, in, enjoy that, Berkey. You got one more thing to say to your replacement? Yeah, you, you sound very comfortable there. I just want you to limit the amount of time on air, if that's okay. Has just <laughs> shorten those sentences up a bit, please. I will do, mate. Mate, and no one can come anywhere near the length of your stories, Berkey. <laughs> Adam Fryer, we'll see you next week. Thanks, mate. From the Melbourne Rebels, Adam Fryer on The Ruck. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show. That's in excess. Don't change on The Ruck, your Sunday rugby show. Uh, Adam Fryer was just speaking then about referees' decisions and how they can, in fact, Mm. change a game, as we all know. I don't know if you uh, saw the Real Madrid and Manchester United game. There was a lot of controversy. Uh, I think Alex Ferguson decided he wouldn't even speak at the post-game press conference. So peeved was he with the red carding of Nani. Now, this is one of those, uh, you know, leg in the air going for the ball and then the player collides. It was deemed as, a, you know, kind of spikes up attack, really. Uh, it seemed that he was just going for the ball, but he was red carded nonetheless. So it made... There's some passionate, there's passionate supporters oh, there. Mate. There was one supporter... Uh, from Manchester, who rang triple zero mm. and complained what? to the police about the send-off. <laughs> well, he, he, rang, he rang Australia. This is an emergency. Or 911 or whatever. Yeah. Yes. What is their number there? That is fantastic. Triple zero? <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, so is there any uh, in uh, your you know, careers or have you seen re- uh, recently that reminds you of that style of thing, Timmy? Well, even last night at the Waratahs game against the Brumbies in Canberra, it was two front rowers got sent off together for yep. in the sin bin, yellow carded. So um, Ben Alexander stood on Ben Robinson, who was lying on the ball. Um, no, he wasn't trying to eat it, but they, it was. Um, <laughs> they both got sent to the sin bin for 10 minutes and they walked off together, uh, shook hands, had a smile, virtually put their arms around each other and gave themselves a hug and went to the sideline. They probably should be made to sit together. And I remember the, I'm not sure if you guys remember the game, the Rugby League Test Match at Lang Park. It was probably late 80s maybe. Greg Dowling and yep. I think it was Howie Tarmody. Uh, um, yeah. Got sent. Kevin Tam- Yeah, I might have been. Kevin, it? Yeah, it was. I remember it clearly. Going off, and they just laid into each other as they went off the field, uh, push and shove, and then through the tunnel. And so, yeah, it's interesting what happens when now in rugby you have to sit on that little naughty chair, and um, you got to sit there for ten minutes. Yeah, well, I think it was it was Adam Blair and uh, Glenn Stewart as well for in and Manly and Melbourne when they had the uh, set to on the way out. Both sent us in, and they didn't quite make it to but the side. His brother came in to help <laughs> as well. It was very very ugly. Berkey? I got done. <clears throat> I got done for a yellow card once in my career, um, and uh, I made a tackle on a, on a. I think we were playing the the Blues at the time, so Auckland Blues. And the guy was a, sort of a, a runaway, and I went for the tackle. And he stepped inside, and I got sort of half a shot at him, and, and it was it looked high, but as I hit him, he sort of as he fell to the ground. But his teammate came in to clean him, out, clean the ball out, mm-hmm. and kneed him in the head and knocked him out. So this bloke's laying on the ground. The referee's just <laughs> from forty meters away. And I said, mate, it wasn't me. I didn't hit him. And he goes, no, you got a car, dangerous tackle. And I said, mate, look at look at the big screen. Like it's not me. And he goes, he sort of looked at the screen and went. Yeah, I've, I've made the wrong decision, but I've still got to go with it. Thanks I'm very much. Holding the ref- a yellow card in my hand. Had ten. Yeah, <laughs> the referee was probably so surprised you made a tackle before you got a yellow card. <laughs> I love it. This is the ruck. Plenty to come on your Sunday morning rugby show. This is the ruck. The Sunday rugby show.
Yes, Tony Squires, Matt Burke, and Tim Warren with you. I want to call so, you the duck. Well, somehow I managed to get the cord from my headphones wrapped around the bottom of my chair, so my head is on the desk. I can't lift it. It was, like a, it was like a duck underwater. The feet were paddling that quick to get back on mic. Then apologies for those of you who are just working up wherever you may be. Uh, look, Timmy Horan, I know you've uh, you're a well-read human being. What have you noticed in the newspapers regarding sport there? Well, just uh, yesterday, or well, the Weekend Australian, they had their top 50 most influential people in sport. And it's interesting, I'll just read a couple. Well, Michael Clark was number one. Well, he, that's the um, highest office in the land, the captain of the Australian mm, cricket team. Yep. Yeah, uh, but also, interesting that in the top 15, there was three people involved in rugby. So Robbie Dean's number 14. Wow. Uh, Bill Pulver, the new CEO of the Australian Rugby Union at 10. Yep. And Michael Hawker, the ex-Wallaby player, who is the chairman of the ARU. So interesting. Uh, wow. um, Black Caviar yes. made 36. It was the only one there with four legs. Um, <laughs> Black Caviar made 36. Caviar. What wow. about, what about yeah. you can only give three cheers to the rugby boys there, couldn't you? Like a bit of a hip-hip hooray. Yeah, you hip, could. Hip, hooray. You could. Yeah, they just missed, hippie missed out. They were 52, the hip-hip hooray for the referee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get a start, Timmy? No, no, I was just outside of the uh, the fifty. But um, so interesting names: Gay Waterhouse was thirty five. So um, who, who was number one? Uh, so, well, Michael, Michael Clark. Clark. Sorry, who Michael was Clark. then number two? Was I just want the top number, three? Uh, Andrew Dimitrio uh, from Dimitrio. the AFL. AFL. John mm-hmm. Grant from the ARU, ARL. Okay. Sorry, uh, Ginger was up there in the top ten. David Gallop thirteen. So yeah, interesting reading. All right, this time next year, obviously, it will be Matt Burke, Tim Horan, T Squires. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be a voting system like the TV Week, hasn't it? <laughs> that's, that's exactly that's right. right. And a ceremony as tacky as the Logies. <laughs> it's the Rock, your Sunday rugby show. This is The Rock, the Sunday rugby show. Soundgarden, live to rise on The Rock. Sadly, we have run out of time, but we won't leave you before. Timmy Horan just can tell you what is happening next week. What's the story? Well, Friday night, the Waratahs play the Cheetahs from Bloemfontein mm-hmm. uh, at Sydney Football Stadium Friday night. So get out there and support the Waratahs. They need a win. The Brumbies will be over in Durban in South Africa playing against the Sharks. And yep. the Reds, Queensland Reds, will host the force. And obviously Six Nations uh, finishes up next weekend. England a favourite there. But everyone's waiting today for David Pocock, who injured his knee yeah. last night mm. for the Brumbies with the results of the scans today, whether he's going to be out for six to eight months. Yeah, all the best to him and yours. All right, everybody, get out and enjoy your footy. We'll catch up again next week. Burke, you won't be there. Adam Fry will be sitting in the chair. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Bye-bye. Bye. This is The Rock, the Sunday rugby show.